0: first day here when I found that letter. What letter? The one I found among the music.
1: Yes, you're right. That's when it began. Yes. I can see you still standing there and saying, Look, look at this letter, and staring at nothing. What? You had nothing in your hand. What?
0: Welcome to Unraveling Pink podcast tackling gender bias through conversation. I'm Annie Ragaski. As you know, in this season, my episodes are exploring different ways the man box restricts men from speaking up or acting in the face of gender bias. This week's topic is gaslighting. So this topic came up for me because I started noticing that there were times when I or other women were in a conversation with a man and there's a difference of opinion about often a fact, a fact that could be proven. And it might be a fact that the two of them had an experience with and they came came away with different versions of what happened or a fact that was objectively provable and yet one person was taking one position and the other was taking the other. And I started wondering, how do you resolve disputes like that where you both think you're 100% right and no one wants to give up any ground. And the more I looked into this and thought about this, the more I started seeing connections to the man box and this perception that men need to be right, need to have the answers. And I realized that often there are these conversations happening where that objectively verifiable fact it becomes no longer a fact because the man in the conversation has to defend his position regardless of whether or not it's correct. I've been on the receiving end of those conversations and I remember feeling like I was almost in quicksand. How do I get this person to realize that they're wrong? Does it matter, ultimately? And... I think I tend to just let it go because usually it doesn't really matter. But then you have this sort of shifting sense of reality that is frustrating if you know it's not reality. And what is interesting about this concept of gaslighting is that it can change your reality in a very destructive way when it happens to you. If it happens over and over again, particularly... If it happens with one person that you have a relationship with, it could be a personal relationship, it could be a work relationship, but it can be very damaging to someone's psyche. And so I started looking into this concept. I learned it had a name, and that name is gaslighting. So I looked up what the actual definition of gaslighting is, and per the Oxford English Dictionary, it means to manipulate someone by psychological means into doubting their own sanity. And the movie Gaslight, which I played for you a clip in the intro to this episode, is often referred to in definitions that I found. This seems to be the preeminent example of how gaslighting happens. And in particular, in this film, the husband gaslights his wife into not believing her own reality and tries to drive her insane. Now, this is a pretty extreme example, but... It's based on making someone feel like their perception is questionable and not reliable. And so that's what I wanted to explore in this episode. I think we've seen increased instances of gaslighting in the political spectrum in the past few years. We've certainly seen some aspect of gaslighting in the Kavanaugh hearings. So that's an example where you have two people who have different views of what happened And we saw a lot of people casting doubt on what Christine Blasey Ford remembered or her version of the events, and it very much felt like they were questioning her reality. And I don't know how she felt about that, but I can imagine that it was pretty hard to have your personal experience questioned by people who weren't there or people who were there but present a very different uh, set of facts than you remember. So as I delved into the topic of gaslighting, I found that there was, in fact, a connection to the man box. There is an article on Psych Central which describes situations in which men gaslight women, and it says, "'Gaslighting is a result of social conditioning rooted in a set of beliefs regarding gender roles and masculinity, such as that women's opinions don't hold much weight, women's wants should not be treated as legitimate.' And men should never express regret when their actions have caused pain. So these sound very much like manbox related power issues and the uh, negative perception of, of women or their opinions. What I found interesting as I looked into the topic of gaslighting is that it can happen along a spectrum. So it's not just a light switch. You turn it on or you turn it off, you're gaslighting or you're not, there's a spectrum of... Uh, of intentionality so gaslighting can be intentional it can be unintentional it can be unconscious so kind of like our unconscious bias there can be unconscious gaslighting and even with intentional gaslighters who know that they're doing it the goodman project notes that they're not trying to hurt someone or drive them crazy but they are into power struggles and winning so this is very much a man box related thing power and winning But it has a very real impact on women. Susanna Weiss, in a Bustle article in 2018, entitled Seven Subtle Ways Women Are Gaslighted on a Daily Basis, writes You might have heard gaslighting described as an emotional abuse tactic in relationships. But the use of gaslighting, when someone convinces someone else that they're being delusional or irrational in order to gain power over them, goes beyond intimate partner violence. It's used on a much larger scale to make women feel as if their perceptions of reality can't be trusted and they should listen to men's instead. So some examples that Ms. Weiss gives are being told health problems are in women's heads, being dismissed when speaking out about sexism, being told to calm down. this one's interesting to me because it comes up so much and I have been in the position of being told by a man to calm down. And I can tell you that gets the rage going. (laughs) Even if I was plenty calm before, I'm not going to be calm after someone tells me to calm down. And Ms. Ms. Weiss notes on that example, if a man raises his voice or does anything to indicate anger, he's considered authoritative. If a woman does the same, she's deemed emotional or hysterical and told to calm down. This is an infantilizing way to silence women's voices And make them feel like something's wrong with them if they're upset or angry. Another example she gives is being shamed for standing up for themselves. That women are made to feel like they're in the wrong simply for having needs or being hurt when they're mistreated. These things don't make anyone bossy or aggressive. They make them self confident and assertive. And so in reading this article, I recognized a lot of situations I've experienced in the workplace over the years. And it does have the impact of making you feel like your opinion doesn't matter, your reality is in question, your observations are not valid, your emotions are not valid. And these are all very difficult things to overcome once you get them set in your head. And so I think it's certainly something we should be keeping an eye out for and preventing in the workplace. And separate from men gaslighting women, this is a power issue. It can happen by anyone, to anyone, if there's a power differential. And that happens a lot in the workplace. Wanda Thibodeau wrote an article in Inc. entitled, A Narcissist at Work Can Kill Your Confidence. And she writes, Gaslighting is a manipulation tactic narcissists, abusers, and other aggressive people use to control others. It's devastating in that, slowly, it makes you doubt your ability to think and judge for yourself, stealing away your confidence. That low self-esteem directly affects your career, making it harder for you to push good, innovative ideas, lobby for promotions, or even network and interact well with, with team members. It's so true. Like That's what this is. It's a power dynamic that takes the power away from the person who has less of it. And once your confidence is hit, it's really hard to recover from that. Some examples that she gives are saying things like, come back when you're not going to waste my time or you're being way too sensitive over this, or you have no idea what you're talking about. Basically, ways of finding fault with with your personality or accusing you of being paranoid, stressed, whatever, when you make a complaint. It's this subtle sabotage of your work or constantly telling you what you should do or feel while invalidating what you're experiencing. So it's, it's really just, I keep coming back to this visual of quicksand. Like you have your view of reality and someone's telling you that it's wrong and you have no way of really recovering from that or proving that your version is correct because they hold the power. Janet Coburn in themighty.com writes in an article entitled Men Can Be Victims of Gaslighting Too that at its core gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse, a very specific toxic, dehumanizing form of bullying, if you will. As in bullying, there are three conditions. A real or perceived mismatch between the two people, so a power differential, harm done, and repeated instances. It's easy enough to see the harm done and the repetition of behaviors in gaslighting. And she notes that gaslighting can occur anytime there's a power dynamic or a power differential. And in the workplace, this is commonly, but not always, men having power over women, Ms. Coburn draws attention to the fact that that men can be gaslit, too. And it's particularly devastating for men because, as we've talked about before, there's this need to be right, this need to have power. And when men are on the receiving end of that, they lose that power. They're proven wrong or assumed to be wrong. And then they have the man box issues that pile on, on top of that. So I think it's important just to recognize that Regardless of your gender, you can be the subject of gaslighting in situations with someone who has more power than you. So I sat down with my friend Sam Devins again to talk about gaslighting, and we had a really interesting conversation. Here it is I think it's pretty pervasive in our society, in our workplace, in our personal relationships, and people just don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you hear all the time in um, movies and TV shows and stuff like men calling women crazy well we're we're not as a gender crazy it's just we have a different way of viewing the world and if if it doesn't make sense to you then how do you resolve that either you're wrong or they're wrong or it's easier to just say oh you're crazy and then it's not my problem
1: hmm. well we can agree that the The world is and can be a cold, unforgiving place. Sure. And men are conditioned to withstand that. We talk about the man box and how we're raised and the resilience and suck it up and walk it off and rub some dirt on it. I'm not sure if women are getting the same experience as men get growing up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and are less resilient to things that later in life um, something were to happen and men just kind of whether they have an emotion around it or not they're able to not present it like they're able to kind of just Mm -hmm. either bury it um, where women get more emotional and so I have a question so when women get emotional and a man says like, within a context of, like, okay, is this the right time and place to be emotional about that? We've talked mm-hmm. about it in the work, workplace and stuff. In that context, like, how is that gaslighting? There are things to get done and to stop and, you know, stop the presses and say, okay, hold on, let's, let's discuss this. Mm-hmm. Let's flush out our feelings. How is that m- a man's fault for bringing that up?
0: For bringing that up, I think that the bringing it up takes different forms. No, so, pu-
1: push pushing back and saying, you know, uh, I see that you're emotional. Like, why are you so emotional? Why I don't can't think we? That's
0: gaslighting. I think that's having a conversation. I think that's fine. It's mm-hmm. the calm down. Um, you're overreacting. Things like that, which characterize.
1: But isn't that the case? Like.
0: But how do, Half you know, the time? how do you know that she's overreacting?
1: But just the like, difference between between the difference between men and women is that men are less emotional and women are more emotional. And when that intersects mm-hmm. and a man says like, you know, when a man pushes back, it's it's labeled gaslighting, you know. And I guarantee you the term gaslighting wasn't coined by a man.
0: I don't know who well it, was, it came from a movie. The movie or, or play Gaslight or Gaslighting. Um, I'll have to look at who wrote that. It might have come from. I mean, this was back in like the forties or something. So maybe it did come from a man. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look at that. But um,
1: I guess like I think, men men well, don't talk about like oh you just you're gaslighting me. You right, know so it's only women that are saying you're I'm I'm being gaslighted. You're gaslighting me. You know.
0: So I would say that women don't even really talk about it. The the I I have not i don't think ever been in a conversation with another woman where we talked about gaslighting. I've seen gaslighting come up in the political context recently and it got my attention that way. But um, coming back to your question, I think the the thing that strikes me about that is there is a there is an assumed norm. And the assumed norm is the male experience because like the you're being too emotional the fact that there's the word too or even that we're drawing attention to the fact that emotions are coming up indicates an assumption that they shouldn't that that is not the norm that is the exception and so you are overreacting or you're hysterical so hysteria was I think Back in the day, this explanation for anything that women did that men couldn't explain, it was hysteria. I mean, that in itself, diagnoses of women historically, uh, all these things, witches, you name it, right? In certain cases, when women behave outside the expected norm, which is typically a male norm, then they're viewed as wrong or something's wrong with them. And that's where I think gaslighting comes in because then women keep getting this perspective of, oh, you're, you are not behaving appropriately for the workplace. Your natural instincts are wrong. So there must be something wrong with you. And I think in the workplace that shows up in a, in subtle ways, but it's just a function of men typically having more power than women and being in a workplace where the male experience is the norm. So anything outside the norm is abnormal, is weird, is emotional, is hysterical, is crazy.
1: But don't you think men are in power and have the power dynamic is what it is because men can process their emotions in a way that doesn't like they don't they don't project them outwardly. Right. They're able to stay on task and get something done and not have to stop and powwow about (laughs) it.
0: I don't think so. I think it's because
1: men set up the workplace
0: in a way that made sense to them. And and that's how men were raised and the, the man box comes into play there. But, for example, there's been a lot of press recently about the, I think, prime minister of New Zealand. And one article was about what it looks like when women lead as women, as opposed to trying to conform to the male standard. And we saw her crying. We saw her very emotional. We saw her compassionate. We saw her hugging people and sitting with their grief after the shooting. And that's a very different picture than, you know, President Trump. Like, you never see something like that. But even Obama, like Obama would show compassion. But but she was sitting with it in a different way, in a way that was very empathetic and personal. And, and she cried, you know. And that to me is like if you can, if women can get out of the male norm in the workplace or in society and express themselves, it has a different feel and it has a different impact. But we don't expect it. It's unusual and it's strange and it gets attention like it has uh, in the news cycle.
1: Can I admit something?
0: <gasps> yes! Oh my gosh, this is so exciting.
1: <clears throat> Since we started recording, I've been trying to gaslight you the entire time, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't bite. I'm not sure if you were like, what I, I are you, you saying?
0: You didn't even notice?" No.
1: What do you? Uh, oh my god, that was uncomfortable.
0: That's so funny.
1: Yeah, I knew I was. I was like, "How do I get Annie? Like, if we're talking about gaslighting, how do I? How do I? Uh, how do I try to gaslight you?" Like in real time, but you you weren't biting. So good for you. I did feel like, I did feel
0: like your, your opinions were very different. I was like, man, is Sam in a bad mood today or what's going on? Yeah.
1: I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't totally obvious, but I really? Okay. Good Lord. That that sucked.
0: Wow. That's cool. (sighs) Well done.
1: Yeah. I don't know. So you didn't, you didn't take the bait. Is that because you've dealt with it quite a bit? I've been just,
0: thinking about it a lot. Lately. And have
1: just have you um, have experience in kind of regulating your emotions? Was there was there a moment where you were? I mean, we know each other really yeah, well, and right. we can talk about anything. But mm-hmm. I'm sure, um, I'm assuming that you've had some experience in just kind of like getting your point out as an attorney, getting yeah, your point out right. without letting the emotions um, get in the way.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, women have adjusted to what we have to do in the workplace, right? Yeah. Like, to be successful... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things are a little bit different now, and there's a little more acceptance of different work styles, but, you know, back in the 90s and the aughts, like, you had to... Like, y- you didn't want to be different. You wanted to be accepted. You wanted to be respected. You wanted to be promoted. And there's this... Um, Uh, kind of underground discussion that happens among women about crying at work I think I've done an episode on this before but but like there's this this expectation among women of do not cry at work don't be that person don't give us all a bad name Mm -hmm. Um, it's like the worst thing you can do and I remember I cried in front of I think I've cried in front of just about every boss that I've had. <laughs> you're, bat- you're
1: batting a thousand.
0: And it's, yeah. and it's, um, But it was only, like, it's not like every day I come in and I cry, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually a, a, it's triggered by extreme frustration and stress. Mm-hmm. And um, in the most recent uh, time that I cried in front of a boss, I actually told him, I want you to know I'm so frustrated right now, and that's why I'm crying. And I just said it. And and he he is is much more accommodating of emotion and different work styles than uh, some of my prior bosses. But but I beat myself up afterwards. Like yeah. I let down all of womankind. I have become another example of crying at work,
1: which isn't even worse than the actual. Yeah. Not to say that that crying is bad, but, like, that shame cycle, you mm-hmm. know, that afterwards you're left with, like, what have I done? Yeah,
0: Or you gaslight you, yourself. <laughs> right, when the dust settles
1: and you look back and you're like, who was I back then? Right. Like, I should know better.
0: Well, it's interesting because that, I, I spoke with someone who did some research on this, and there are actually biological reasons why women cry more, like, the size of the tear ducts and the hormones that we have. There's a reaction to stress that is distinctly female and distinctly male. Like, women are more inclined to cry and men are more inclined to punch the wall or yell or have a more violent kind of response to it. Mm. And so, to a certain extent, it's biology, but but it's so frustrating. You just... That the emotion at work is a big trigger for women to not be viewed as the emotional woman at work.
1: Yeah.
0: But emotions are a natural thing and we've talked before about uh, women being more in touch with emotions and we've been talking about the man box restricting emotions so why wouldn't a better workplace be one where we can all experience a reasonable amount of emotion i'm not saying let's all come in and you know cry every day but
1: no but say what needs to be said
0: yeah yeah and not hide it i think we we push it down so much
1: and that creates the toxic environment yeah. among other things, but that being a big one.
0: Yeah.
1: I think work is one example, but within relationships and male-female and that type of gaslighting, and you had mentioned that it's not just men that gaslight, but it's, you know, women are capable of doing it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the women gaslighting men, I think, shows up or people think of it more in, in terms of, like, emotional manipulation. hmm And it might be a power thing.
1: Oh, it's definitely a power thing. I think I might have mentioned that, like, growing up and being labeled too sensitive, you're too sensitive, you're too sensitive. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, my mom, that came from my mom. It was almost like she was making a suit of armor for me, you know, and uh, wanted me to keep that suit of armor on. And if I expressed emotion or sadness, or she would just nip it in the bud and be like, don't feel that way. You're too Mm sensitive. You've always been so sensitive, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was doing her best to create this human being that could go out into the world and kind of withstand the slings and arrows. Mm -hmm. Before I was a parent, I was pretty upset about that because it was a constant growing up and I was back on my heels. So whenever an emotion came up uh, and it being so challenged by a parent, that power, um, she had the power It made me question those emotions. And Mm. so when I do have emotions as an adult, it has to go through a filter of like, is this an emotion that I'm entitled to have? Every single emotion, whether it's anger, fear, and especially sadness, I have to process that and kind of get some distance away from that that instinct I have of like, suck it up, Sam. Like, knock it off. Don't cry. And so just getting back to where people learn the gaslighting, Mm. you know, I certainly was victim to it. And, you know, I don't want to throw my mom under the bus, but, like, she was doing the best that she could, but mm-hmm. I it, it left a mark. You know, I understand why she did it. It was her way of trying to protect me. Yeah. But in doing so, it just has made my emotional journey through my life, um, I don't have an, a true North Star of, like, okay, I, I'm entitled to this feeling. I'm going to express it not feel the shame and that's the thing you talked about like yeah. the shame of crying at work and um, that's the worst part of it you know like I wrestle with how should I feel about this and if I I do let out some of this emotion whether it's anger or sadness or crying the byproduct of that is that shame you know when I calm down and I look back on it I'm like oh yeah.
0: How much time do we spend reviewing the reels
1: yes. of what we did? Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what's so tough about it. You know, as a parent now, I have to be very mindful of that, you know, because I want to protect my kids, and that's why I understand why my mom did it, because yeah. she was trying to protect me, because she knew that the world can be a cold, unforgiving place, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that the um, dichotomy between how boys are raised with respect to their emotions and girls. Because it seems like with boys, it's, it's don't cry or don't be too emotional or don't, don't show the, the girl emotions. Yeah. And with girls, it's don't show the boy emotions. I've been reading this book called, I think it's Rage Becomes Her. It's about how w- girls and women are not allowed to express anger. When we do, we are hysterical, and we are bitches, and we are aggressive, and all these negative terms, and yet, anger is a natural emotion that if you suppress, has negative implications. Yeah, and so this book is all about how that plays out, how we're we're trained as women to not express that emotion at work, at home, and and so there's this almost like hearing you talk about how you've been restricted and showing your emotions and me thinking about how I try to restrain anger. I'm not always successful with it, but how women generally are expected to show that kind of restraint. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think we'd all be healthier if men could, could show some of those softer emotions and women could show some of those harder emotions and meet somewhere in the middle because we all have them. It's just you guys are suppressing certain emotions. We're suppressing certain emotions, and it's not healthy when we come together because we're we're not interacting in really emotionally honest ways.
1: Yeah, I think it's also important to note the reasons why men do some of the gaslighting. You know, men are expected to be perfect and to have all the answers, and we've we've talked about that ad nauseum, right? The man box. Mm-hmm. Men are super defensive, and anything that makes them feel like they're less than perfect, they have a hard time admitting, and um, oftentimes will uh, turn it back on Mm -hmm. the woman and say, it's not me, it's you, you're too emotional, you know?
0: Yeah, that feels like how it comes up often.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know it sounds weird, and like, oh yeah, okay, men have to be perfect, but... If you show weakness at any point, at any stage of growing up, you will get attacked in one way or another. Yeah. Emotionally, physically, you have to put up this front of like, don't try it. Don't come at me like that. Um, I will defend myself. It's putting the other person in check and keeping them in check as a way to keep yourself safe. And we're just so, so familiar with that. And unfortunately, we just do it all the time. We're just in this constant, like, threat assessment mode of like, oh, wait, yeah, oh, there's something I said that you have a problem with. And we just have to, uh, like, the knee-jerk reaction is just kind of like, oh, wait, no, well, well what's what's your role in this, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of
1: when we talked about mansplaining. There, mm-hmm. There's
0: this different approach of men and women with the men needing to be right and women trying to build relationships and so if we take that to the gaslighting example you have men maybe saying something a woman saying no that's not right and now the man has to double down and be correct and the woman is looking for a way out of it like a way that we can be friends again or we can resolve this dispute Mm. and by doing that in an environment where power and being right is currency yeah uh, she loses ground and she loses power.
1: So when I was trying to um, gaslight you early on, <laughs>
0: which I wanted... I'm still trying to wrap my head around know, you I'm doing sorry.
1: that, I wanted to have mansplaining to be part of that. I wanted to. I knew I wanted to interrupt you, and I wanted <laughs> to uh, the, make the claim that gaslighting that term wasn't um, wasn't coined by a man. It was it was a woman coining that just to see what you'd do, and. Uh,
0: but it, I do like to argue.
1: I know. And I was like, oh, I'm arguing <laughs> with an attorney. <laughs> I didn't want this whole episode to be me trying to get you upset. I love that, though. I'm glad
0: you did that. I can't wait to go back and listen to this and see how that, like, now that I know what you were doing, because I was like, it felt off. Like, I, I just didn't understand what was yeah. going on with you. What is Sam? Being as like it had
1: us? gone on for, I don't know, was that like. Five minutes, 10 yeah. minutes. Oh, um, I was like, okay, so if somebody who's listening to this that only gets to the seven-minute mark is going to think I'm the biggest jerk of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning it off. Yeah, well, I think so I couldn't wait to say, I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you did that because I think it comes up a lot and we don't even notice. Yeah. And the unconsciousness of it and the pervasiveness of it is you didn't, so... Awful. You
1: didn't notice. I didn't notice. Yeah. I had no idea. Isn't that yeah. crazy? And, and this you, was the
0: topic, and I've been thinking about this all week.
1: And I've never... Have I ever spoken to you that way? Have no, I ever that's that, why it's yeah. like,
0: okay. But mm-hmm. I think I shifted into justification mode. Like, yeah, I've got a lot of data.
1: I've I been know. looking yeah, at
0: this. I've right. been researching this. I, we're going to have a philosophical debate, apparently, and yeah. not talk about personal things. Yeah. So what we talk about solutions, right?
1: Mm.
0: What do you think? Is it the, the typical... Uh, we keep coming back to sort of the same things and we just need to
1: (laughs) acknowledge the emotions that that boys have growing up absolutely um that's a that's a tall order
0: right we'll remind everyone keep trying to do that yeah but in the workplace from i think i think awareness is one of the first things that we need we need to be aware that this is happening and for women i feel like Coming back to one of your suggestions in a prior episode of fighting back, when women notice that that happens, like not getting knocked off your game, try to not get knocked off your game and try to defend your positions if you know you're right. Sometimes you're not. And I have been in the position where I will defend my opinion to the death only to find that I was wrong. And that's humbling. But I think we need a little bit more of that because that's what I heard from you. That's what men are doing. Like, this is my opinion. You challenge me, I'm going to double down on it. Mm-hmm. And if women get more comfortable with that kind of conflict, which isn't a bad thing, it's not a personal conflict um, in a bad way. It's just like you have an opinion that you need to defend and yeah. he has an opinion that he needs to defend. But then how does that resolve? If it, it, And maybe the male perspective can help us here because you have when you have men versus men having two different opinions... Does that resolve in a fist fight? Does it resolve in some constructive way? Does it resolve over a beer? Like, how does that happen?
1: Yeah. When you're saying hold your ground, women should hold their ground, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I want to make it clear that that's it's not just going to solve itself by doing that. I mean, men will dig in and will try to get you back on your heels because at that point it becomes a challenge and a fight. And um, when men get closer to that like the awareness there's a little bell that goes off mm-hmm. kind of like okay, now we're arguing, you know and it's not the safest place that's where I think the real gaslighting starts to happen mm-hmm. okay I think if if' I'm, not all men but when men feel like they're losing ground in an argument or a woman is or anybody is standing their ground and making a salient point, men just are trained to over the jugular and yeah. you know say things that they might not mean but in a, in a in an effort to keep that other person or woman back on their heels and it's just it's it's awful but I think we've all experienced it and we've seen it happen mm-hmm. and so when we talk about solutions it's it's tough like I just I took a big breath in and I was like I don't I don't know what the solution is um
0: yeah it sounds like the solution I just offered might make things worse. like you would need, you would need movement from both sides, so maybe yes. men women need to be a little stronger in their convictions, perhaps, but men also need to be more willing to acknowledge when they're wrong mm-hmm. or I mean, I've seen it where there are objective facts, and the man won't admit he was wrong
1: and that's uh what's so insidious about it you start questioning your own sanity. There's not maybe. a whole lot of self-reflection that, 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 that's going on with men, you know.
0: Yeah. I think well, maybe conversation about it, though.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: being aware that other people are aware of it happening. And maybe yeah. talking about it in the context of um, the political environment. Like, we see mm-hmm. it happening all the time in the world that isn't personal to us, right? We're not involved in a lot of these instances of gaslighting. So we can objectively look at that, identify it. Like I didn't identify when it was happening to me today. Mm. Be more aware of it. And if we're all more aware of it, then I think it becomes a tougher thing to do.
1: That's exactly it. I think if you can spot it and and um, label that situation as of, of, okay, I, I know I'm being gaslighted right mm-hmm. now. Just being aware that that's happening and not getting sucked into that vortex and going down that hole, Um, not being pulled in that direction. I think that that is a bit of a solution, Mm -hmm. acknowledging that it's happening, being aware that it's happening. And uh, unfortunately, you just have to be on alert for that. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's just so easy to get sucked into questioning, you know, if your emotions or your reactions are valid or not. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the first thing you need to think of is like, okay, my my emotions are valid. My reaction to this is absolutely valid. And just be on the lookout for somebody trying to pull you in the other direction. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I like that. It's first identifying that it's happening and then it's almost like, you can't control the other person, Yeah. so can you manage yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's having positive self-talk instead of negative self-talk mm-hmm. and maybe finding a way to extricate yourself from the conversation. Like, mm-hmm. you know it's not going to go to a place that's constructive, so can you just say something like, we're going to have to agree to disagree yeah. and then walk away yep. and not get, as you said, sucked into the gaslighting and engage with that person in a way that there's just no
1: good exit from. And if you're uh, aware of it happening every day or every week and you're in a relationship and you start getting real data on, okay, this is happening every other day, um, rather than questioning yourself, you should be questioning whether you wanna be in this relationship or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's Or this more, job. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's more empowering to be like, that the awareness is, is empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have control of your destiny at that point it's not you're not handing the reins over to somebody who is making you feel the opposite of the way you you know you're feeling Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and i would also say that running situations by a friend Mm -hmm. could be helpful like just to get perspective because if you're mired in a particular situation with somebody and you're constantly on the receiving end of gaslighting and you might not be able to see it but if you share that experience with someone who's more objective, they might be able to recognize it for what it is and help you see that it's happening and how it shows up.
1: Yeah, a third party who's not emotionally invested yeah. will give you a clear perspective. Yeah. And also with ourselves, I mean, I'm sure everybody has moments where they've gaslighted somebody mm-hmm. or a relationship where that just is the dynamic and being aware of when you do it And uh, especially as a parent, you know, because
0: I didn't even think about parents gaslighting children, but you're right, Mm -hmm.
1: because there is that power dynamic that is it's it's a fragile relationship, you know, and unfortunately, there's a psychology in getting your kids to do what you want them to do and it dips into manipulation sometimes Mm -hmm. you manipulate them in the right direction but oftentimes i think parents make the mistake of feeling as though that they need to be all powerful always right which is kind of a man box for parents you know for mothers and for fathers to be like if i show a weakness or let them know that i don't that i made a mistake why will they ever listen to me and that's the trap
0: So that was a really fun conversation with Sam. I have to say I was completely surprised by his attempt to gaslight me. And reflecting back on it, I realized that he did knock me off my game a bit. Even though I felt well-versed in this topic, which I'd been researching, I started questioning things and presented my position less confidently. I presented possibilities, or maybe it's this or maybe it's that, or I'd have to look that up. I didn't say things as confidently as I normally would. And that was a result, I think, of his attempt to gaslight me. But what really struck me is that I didn't even realize he was doing it, even when that was the topic that we were talking about. That's how subtle it can be and how pervasive it is, that it's not all that unusual to have it happen. So that was a little disconcerting and I think makes solutions challenging because it's hard to solve a problem that we don't even know is happening. But I I thought Sam and I came up with some interesting things to try. So for women, I think it's good to get a sanity check from a friend once in a while just to make sure that you don't get knocked off your game at work and to trust your gut and stick to your guns and fight maybe more than you normally feel comfortable fighting for your position until you're proven wrong. And for men, I think fighting the urge to be right, to be powerful, to win when discussing things with colleagues or friends could lessen the grip of gaslighting and just to be open to another perspective and I recognize that the man box training makes that very difficult but I would suggest giving it a try and see how it goes and for all of us I think we can try being open to being wrong or being open to a different perspective and maybe call it out when you see gaslighting happen particularly if it happens to someone else because I think it's easier to see it when it happens to someone else or maybe have a conversation about what it is and how it shows up, just to increase awareness about what it is and how devastating it can be, particularly in the workplace. So, this has been an interesting topic. I don't know that I solved any real issue here, but hopefully, I drew some attention to a toxic and destructive way of interacting that perhaps we can lessen going forward. That's it for this week. Let me know your thoughts as usual. I'll be back next week with another Manbox-related topic. Thanks for listening.